0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is September 5th, 2022. And as we do each week, let's just begin with a moment of silence to link up with the entire group, the worldwide group of triangles, and followed by a sounding
1: of the new time recollection. We know, O Lord of life and love, about the need.
0: Touch our hearts anew with love that we too
1: may love and give. Each week we come together
0: during these webinars to introduce this work of triangles, this planetary service to all people who are new to it and to aid them in the forming of triangles. So if you're new to this work and you respond to this idea of planetary service, you might consider placing your name in the chat box and hopefully two other people on the webinar will also place their names in the chat box and you can form a triangle together. And we also provide this platform for people who are already members of Triangles to come together each week and participate in a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. Triangles is a simple visualization technique that uses the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform planetary consciousness the work involves establishing a line of lighted, loving communication between yourself and two other people and to agree to vivify that triangular link every day. So three people link as a triangle of light, mentally, spiritually, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity. And then there, triangle is placed within the framework of the larger planetary network of triangles. And as the network is visualized, the great invocation, a powerful world prayer is used as a vehicle for the release of spiritual energies that can be distributed through the planetary network into all open hearts and minds. So this practice, need only take a few minutes each day, and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. So we hope you will consider joining in this planetary work, which is so needed at this time. And after our meditation today, we have a guest from our London headquarters, Evangelia Svavdari hope I pronounced that more or less correctly, from the World Goodwill Desk. And so we look forward to hearing from Evangelia. And I also wanted to announce that this coming Friday, September 9th, we will be celebrating the Virgo full moon in both our London and New York offices, and perhaps I'm sure as well in Geneva. So the London meeting occurs at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, and the New York meeting occurs at 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So we hope you can join us. So as we do each week, let's now work with our brief visualization <clears throat> Let's visualize the planet
1: as a sphere of lighted energy. And within that sphere, let's visualize
0: a triangle composed of the three primary planetary centers, Shambhala, the planetary head center, the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary
1: heart, and humanity, the planetary throat center. Visualize the circulation of energies flowing
0: in all directions around the triangle from point to point,
1: merging and blending the three points filling the triangle with light. Now superimposed upon that triangle, visualize a
0: five-pointed star. This is the star of the world teacher, linking east and west past and future
1: radiating the energies of love wisdom. At each point of the star, the sphere of his activity stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. Visualize the energies radiating forth from the center of the star through the five points. London. Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo. Visualize these outpouring energies enlivening small groups gathering everywhere,
0: aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems,
1: creating right human relations, restoring peace on earth. We bridge towards
0: the spiritual hierarchy and sound together the invocation of light. Radiance we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light
1: We're now working within the energies of the sign of Virgo, which
0: always brings a rather dramatic shift within the natural world, perhaps most notably reflected in the nature of the available light. We move from the incredible intensity of the light in Leo into the more gentle, subtle, and mysterious light of Virgo. The earth is highlighted here as it seems the Dharma unfolding on our planet in a sense mirrors that of this sign. Virgo is a sign of awakening to the inner worlds, symbolized by the veiled woman, the Virgin Mother. It relates to the purification of matter and the providing of the vessel for the seed of the new life to be planted. Within the dark light of matter, a new and gentle light appears, a light within consciousness. But the mother provides the inner conditions in which this indwelling light can flourish. The mother nurtures and protects. Planet Earth appears to have a similar task in providing those conditions whereby the germ of the Christ life can multiply and be fruitful. That appears to be one of our tasks in contribution to the solar system and beyond, perhaps providing a model for unfoldments in other systems in eons to come, such as the incredible task of our planet and of humanity. Hence the challenge, hence the current backlash upon the fragility of human life and the life of the lower kingdoms in nature. But thankfully, there is a growing awakening among many people today, and this is part of the quickening within the human kingdom, which is the sure sign that that the sparking of the inner light is occurring throughout the world. Humanity is beginning to awaken and take responsibility for its part in engendering a three-way interrelationship between the planetary triangle that we highlight in our visualization between Shambhala, hierarchy, and humanity. A triangle which is providing the right conditions for this new birth, this sparking within the human kingdom. When we look at our planet from the perspective of space, we see a blue-green jewel. Perhaps we can compare it to a scintillating lotus floating and expanding within the vast sea of the solar system. It is truly a beautiful sight, our Earth. But we're not yet sacred, at least within the three worlds we're not. And as we know, the triangle's work has for one of its primary objectives, the work of making manifest the divinity which exists within, externalizing it, reconfiguring the planetary etheric, bisecting the squares, and building in a triangular network whereby the planetary soul can breathe more easily and release its light. We know that we're gifted with tremendous influxes of light that are helping us to move from this condition of non-sacredness to sacredness. We're given this help by points near and far From Venus, who stands as the soul to our Earth's personality and who takes in a triple supply of light and we're told gives a third of it to Earth. From Mercury, our complementary planet, who takes in seven times the light of any other planet and also gives a measure of it to Earth. And of course we receive light directly from the sun itself in whose footsteps our logos, our planetary logos, we're told is following as he is in training to become a solar logos. And then, even though we are a tiny non-sacred planet, we're told that we receive a special light from the great and distant sacred star, Sirius. All these points of light, as well as a myriad of others consisting of powerful triangles which bring in potencies from distant stars and constellations, combined to support the conditions needed for abundant life and growth on planet Earth. Our name itself speaks of that which it, from which all life springs, the Earth, the soil, and its richness, which surely is an outer reflection of the soul. Our planet is teeming with life abundant. And of course, closer to us, but infinitely august, there stands the tremendous spiritual light of the Christ himself. And while he can, we cannot compare the great avatars to others on other wandering stars, we do know that we are fortunate indeed that he, this avatar, has set the standard and carved the path here for all those who choose to follow. In ancient books, the Christ is sometimes called the first flower on the human plant. For he is said to have set a model of rapidity of spiritual progress that is unparalleled in the annals of the hierarchy. His model set the stage for the promise of what is unfolding and what can unfold on the earth. As the planetary avatar, humanity is made in his image. His software, we might say, is available for us all to download if we provide the right hardware in which to install it. And the purificatory energies of Virgo provide us with that which we need. We follow the teachings, we enter the path, we become purified and the results will follow. The Christ himself surely took advantage of the initiatory energies which earth provides. He caught the wave, you might say, and his mission is to share it with all of us who can respond in some measure. Through this means the earth provides a type of factory for souls, which if we are successful in helping to realize it, holds tremendous promise for application in other
1: systems. So let's work now with our meditation. Focusing ourselves as a group upon the mental plane. standing within the center of the even arm cross of discipleship. Linking in thought as a soul, as a point of light with all those people throughout the world who are working with this triangle's meditation group. project a line of lighted energy towards the highest center, Shambhala,
0: and sound the affirmation of will together. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Nought shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine,
1: work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Precipitation. Visualize the energies of love, light
0: and goodwill circulating in and around the triangles network from point to point and flowing out through the network into
1: the hearts and minds of people everywhere. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity,
0: healing and transforming human consciousness, establishing right
1: human relationships. Linking with the worldwide group of
0: triangles, we sound together the mantra of unification.
1: The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love,
0: not hate. I seek to serve, and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be
1: gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet, a light with triangles, see new triangles being formed everywhere. Distribution,
0: sounding the great invocation, silently or aloud. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness.
1: Thank you everyone, and now welcome again,
0: Evangelia, Evangelia, that's right, <laughs> welcome. Hi Kathy, it's good to Hi. be here, good to have you.
2: Okay, so I wanted to speak um of the very, let's say, central point of this webinar, which is triangles, because this is um, something that has puzzled me. And that is what my talk will focus on, which is uh, essentially my own wonderings and trying to understand what triangles are all about. I am going to share a presentation so, if you give me a moment to do that, okay, Let me share my screen. Okay, you should be reviewing my screen now, right? Yes, okay, cool, that's good. So, triangles and pathways of energy, because essentially that is what the uh, esoteric teaching. Um, tells us that triangles are formed of energy. This is, uh, these are a few very, very few ex- excerpts that I chose to begin with. And they're from the work of Alice Bailey and the Tibetan. So I would like here to call your attention to an interesting point, which has a definite bearing upon the power of the individual to grasp the new astrology and to comprehend the science of triangles. The astrological symbols for Virgo and Scorpio are triple in nature, the only two which are. When the disciple grasps the meaning behind this triplicity, he will be ready to grasp the significance of this abstruse science and to work with the new astrology. Virgo and Scorpio are two signs connected with the growth of the Christ consciousness. They mark critical points in the soul's experience, points of integration wherein the soul is consciously at one itself with the form and at the same time with spirit. I said the soul's experience, not the experience of the man upon the physical plane. When the experience undergone in Virgo is consummated in Pisces and the tests of Scorpio have led to illumination in Taurus, then the effect of these four energies, Virgo, Pisces, Scorpio and Taurus, will be to make Man the true triangle, expressing the three divine aspects or energies, as they come from the three major conditioning constellations, the Great Bear, the Pleiades and Sirius. And then there is another point which has puzzled me greatly, which is the following. Transitioning to a sacred planet. The inner web of light, which is called the etheric body of the planet is essentially a web of triangles. And when the evolutionary process is completed, it will have been organized. At present, a pattern of squares is the major construction of the web but this is slowly changing as the divine plan works out. The etheric webs of the sacred planets are largely triangles whilst that of the sun is that of interlaced circles. I have said earlier that the intersecting energies in the etheric body of the planet are at this time a network of squares. When the creative process is complete, and evolution has done its work, these squares will become a network of triangles. Necessarily, this is a symbolic way of speaking. In the book of Revelation, which was dictated 1900 years ago by the disciple who is now known as the Master Hilarion, reference is made to the city which stands for square. So I read these passages. And I accepted them as a case to study and to work on. And my main question was, why triangles? What is it that makes the triangle so special? What does it have that it makes it stand out from any other shape? Why is it so much better than a square? and um, I started trying to work this question out for myself. And what happened is that I started seeing triangles everywhere. One may say that this was the product, product of confirmation bias because I was looking for triangles and I saw so many triangular concepts everywhere. For example, we have biology, so um, in animals, and that includes the human animal, the biology of the human being, we have a female gamete or the, the egg, the egg cell, a male gamete or the sperm. And these two combine to form a zygote, which is the first cell that is formed by the union of two gametes. And this this one zygote contains within it the entire Um, information, the entire genetic material that is required for an entirely new human being, completely different to the two beings that uh, it uh, came from, although of course carrying some of their characteristics. And this is actually a triangular way of starting. Then moving on from biology, I came across psychology. And I found this uh, very popular and very well-known concept, um, which was put uh, forth by Freud of the unconscious, the subconscious and the conscious, whereby the unconscious are things that largely um, have to do with memory and the collective and they, they are what works automatically in us. We are entirely unaware of how they operate and how they generate uh, reaction and action. We have the subconscious, which uh, may be memories that have to do with the individual we are, but are repressed, meaning that we can't really recall them on demand. And then we have the conscious, which is what to what most of us refer as I. The things that we do, that we have command of, that we intend to do, that we know we have done. And again, we have the presentation of uh, the human, um, let's say, psychological entity as a triplicity. Moving on, we come on to dialectic, uh, which is the science of discourse. And what I found there was uh, thesis, antithesis, and synthesis whereby in order to have a meaningful discourse over any um, subject, we begin with a thesis, that's a case, somebody makes a case. Then we have an antithesis where someone argues a different point of view. And in order to have what we would say successful discourse or creative discourse or even productive discourse, we need to reach a point of synthesis to reach a sphere or a space where these two apparently opposing positions can work together. So again, a triang- triangular um, way of doing things. And because my, my own very special interest is esoteric astrology, I, at some point I started looking into astronomy and uh, again following, uh, let's say, that the esoteric teachings who always uh, instruct us to start from the macrocosm in order to make sense of the microcosm. Um, I saw that uh, in galaxies, we have groups of galaxies. They're not randomly dispersed in space, but they're gathered in, gra- gathered in groups of uh, or larger galaxy clusters. They are are working in groups. Um, These groups um, with over uh, several tens of galaxies qualify as clusters. They are the largest cosmic objects with a radius of about seven million light years. This is like an immense number. It would take uh, seven million years for the light to reach us, to travel from one side of this cluster to the other massive, massive cosmic objects. Um, These clusters are in a state of dynamic equilibrium. And uh, this is interesting because the pressure exercised by the movements of the galaxies that belong to a cluster is equal and opposite to the gravitational attraction exercised by the cluster to the galaxies. So essentially, uh, the cluster, which is formed by many of these galaxies, becomes an entity in itself and it exercises um, powers of its own (laughs) to the members that form it. And this is a very familiar picture because that's what we talk about when we are talking about the human
1: being or human groups. This is um, a a graphic image of
2: our own galaxy, the Milky Way. We are somewhere in this uh, hazy bluey thing, which is the actual galaxy or the disk of the galaxy. You can see it by this dot, which is um, captioned sun. There's the halo, which is this foggy nebulous thing around it, and then we have the shell, and this shell is where we, we suppose the influence of the Milky Way reaches out to. It's much, much further away than the actual f- galaxy as, let's say, a physical object. And there is Andromeda Galaxy for good measure. So somewhere, you know, almost
1: in between the two galaxies. So this
2: this is some data on the actual galactic halo and the sizes, which are quite impressive, but they're on the presentation. If anyone wants to have a look at them, I will share that presentation with Kathy. And what was probably the most illuminating way of looking at triangles was geometry, whereby we have, if we have one point, we have just a point. Um, if we have two points, we have a line. But if we have three points, we have we can define a plane. We start seeing space. So with three points, we have we have um, dimensions. We we have something that we can stand on, where things can happen on. Before the three points there isn't really any sense of um, space. It's uh, just a linear pathway, but one that can't really be walked in the physical sense. It might be reminiscence of that very thin pathway between the opposites that's thin as a razor blade, but it, it isn't, very familiar with the physical space that we're used to. And this concept of plane in geometry um, started getting linked in my mind with the planes that we talk about in esoteric teachings. So in order to speak about the plane, we really need three points. So triangles started making more sense in that way. Um, because without a triangle, we can't really have a space to stand on and exist and have activity. That also helped me understand why in esoteric teachings, again, we are encouraged to think in terms of mathematics and in abstract ways because if we, if we think things through in a psychological way, we will, we will anthropomorphize things. We will uh, start um, clothing them with emotion. We will start um, clothing them with glamour. I mean, it's inevitable, we're human, we will do that. But when one starts pondering over points and lines and geometrical shapes, they can still think about energy and energy in motion um, without being so easily affected by glamour and by their own emotional biases and um, cultural biases and all the other sorts of biases there are. And this is um, my way of uh, explaining to myself and makes, making sense of uh, why the, the the etheric of the planetary logos needs to be transformed to a web of uh, triangles. So you see, we have a sphere, and in the center of uh, the sphere, we have a point which we may say that's the point where everything begins and then it blossoms out and it forms a sphere. From that sphere, we can have infinite lines starting from that sphere and uh, terminating at within you know, the, um, the actual um, walls of the sphere. And if we take any two lines that begin at the center of the sphere and travel to the walls of the sphere, we will see something that looks like a triangle, Well, mostly like a piece of pie. But if we make the distance between the point where the two lines terminate infinitely small, then we might imagine it as a triangle. And then we may realize that perhaps the triangle is the optimum shape for the etheric body because it means that every line that begins somewhere and terminates somewhere else that every infinitesimal cell in the planetary body that actually forms the planetary body is directly linked to its center to its source of emanation and if you if you think in very plainly and very naively in your mind, you will see that this can't really happen with squares. Because you can't really stack squares in a manner so as to have every line terminate in the center. You can try it very naively even draw it out, I have. And Uh, then I started realizing why maybe triangles are indeed the optimum shapes to represent a state of unification whereby everything that's expressed in form is directly linked to its source of emanation and it's also linked with another point or other points which may be shifting horizontally and perhaps creating triangular shapes on the walls of this sphere and that might be a representation of our vertical life which is our esoteric life and our horizontal life which is the life that we live in the physical world and our relationships with um, other human beings, with animals, with um, the plant kingdom, the mineral kingdom, and so on and so forth. Um, This image is courtesy of the etheric project and it uh, shows what's going on uh, in the study of galaxies at this point and in the study of galaxy clusters. And it's very reminiscent reminiscent, um, of uh, the structure of the human etheric centers, as it is suggested they are uh, by esoteric uh, teachings. It's the macrocosm. And it's very similar to what we are taught the microcosm is. And because I mentioned um, the triangles that mostly impressed me or helped me start to make sense of triangles, I would say that, we could say that biology um, reflects what's going on in the physical etheric plane. Psychology is primarily working out our emotional life. We have this and rhetoric and dialectic, reflecting what's going on in our mental life. And then we have geometry or blueprints or design reflecting what's going on in the plane of intuition, where things are not anthropomorphized, things are not um, clothed with uh, emotion or psychological uh, factors. And this is as far as I have gone. (laughs) And thank you very, very much for giving me the space to share these musics of mine with you. I will now stop sharing and I would love to hear your own questions or thoughts on triangles or anything else that my presentation may have inspired you or prompted you to say.
0: Thank you so much, Evangelia. That was wonderful. So many deep ideas you shared with the group and I'm sure there are uh, comments and thoughts that the group would like to share. So if anyone would like to share, you can raise your hand um, and we'll unmute your microphone or there are quite a few um, thoughts already expressed in the chat box. So you might like to see if there's any points that you would like to address there. Um, Yeah, so many points to consider I wanted to take you back just to, while we're waiting for the group. Um, did you have any thoughts, any more thoughts about why the Tibetan speaks of Virgo and Scorpio? As if we understand the teachings related to those two triple signs, that the whole of esoteric astrology will be revealed. Do you have any further thoughts?
2: I know I have, say, but I have to say that. I was wondering if I, to be frank, I was wondering if I should actually share these two slides. And I did only because we are in the time of Virgo and building up to Scorpio. Yeah, uh, I have to say, I can't, I, I wouldn't really get into it because it Too would much. take a, a lot of time. Um yeah. I have done that in the past and it took me about three hours, it was a three hour okay. class. Yeah, we don't have that that
0: much time. (laughs) Get into
2: that. But what helped me very much was, uh, well, what I would suggest that everyone does, do is uh, meditate on um, the glyphs. Yeah. Of the the two star signs. And meditate trying to keep bias out without uh, expecting a specific outcome and um, they start becoming something else. They start becoming um, ways to represent physical processes and ways to represent um, energy interactions rather than the very familiar glyphs of two star signs. Yeah,
0: I I, I see them as very much related to the Kundalini, you know, just the symbols Mm -hmm. in and of themselves. -hmm. And I once heard a very interesting take on them from an astrological person who said, which I thought was really very interesting, considering we're entering into Aquarius, that the glyph for Aquarius could actually be a representation of the two triple signs lifted up, you know, of the promise. the Aquarian age being the lifting up of the the Kundalini energies and um, Mm -hmm. the freedom of that sign that that sign it's coming age anyway yeah
2: I mean I mean it could be that also I I am conditioned by you know my background and my own race so I definitely approach things in in, in a way specific to me. Yes. Um, I saw something come, come up on the chat, which I think I should clarify, sure. um, a, a glyph. Somebody asked, what is a glyph? Um, so in astrology, uh, yeah, every, every zodiac sign has a symbol, a linear symbol, rather than um, something that's more um, of a design. And that's called a glyph, it's, it's a symbol. Uh, for for example, the, for Aquarius, we, we see the man with um, the the water uh, you know the water flowing from the the jug that he's holding. But the actual glyph from Aquar for Aquarius is two lines that resemble a wave. So they're very minimalist glyphs, and for that reason, they're very good for meditating on, it's very difficult to apply preconceptions on them. Um, I would love to speak more about uh, the glyphs of the zodiac signs, but I think it would be better to do it on another occasion to be able to
1: do them justice. Sure. I really like the idea, the concept that you brought forward of
0: working with the central point of the planet as the emanating point Mm -hmm. for the triangles work, because I think that is the way a lot of people, particularly people who have multiple triangles, it's a really um, powerful way to work with the network. And as you said, if you extend out all of the many triangles that are Occurring not only in our planet but in all the different spheres, they do, you know, merge into more of of triangles rather than pieces of pie, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm, it's
2: mm
0: -hmm. yeah, it's a really
2: Um, in in telepathy in telepathy in the book uh, by Alice mm -hmm. Bailey telepathy in the etheric vehicle. uh, There's there's uh, there's some very helpful um, images. Uh, symbols about uh, how these things work, it's much easier to make sense of them if one visualizes them well, uses the creative imagination to see them in 3D and moving, and um, there are very helpful passages about the structure of uh, an etheric center, and uh, you will see many similarities with the, with structures that we are, that science is currently looking at, in the solar system and beyond the solar system. And um, similarly, there are very there's, there's very interesting uh, information on the same subject in, in cosmic fire, a treatise in cosmic fire. So for anyone that uh, wants to look at this subject from this point of view, I would
1: definitely recommend these two books. <laughs> Are there any other points you'd like to just touch on before we close?
2: Um, not really, to be frank, okay. um, what happens to me usually whenever I present is that um, I have new questions, to be frank. There, are, you know, there are other things that have just occurred to me while I was presenting, and I need to think them through further. <laughs> sure.
0: Well, that's good. Great. Yes. Right. Well, I would,
2: I would like to thank you again for having me, and for um, and everyone for being here with us tonight.
0: Yes, thank you, thank you so much, and thank, thank you, you all. Thank all of you in the group who are so attentive to the thoughts shared. So let's just take a final moment together to link as a group and to visualize the
1: planet surrounded by a network of triangles, radiating light. We sound the OM. Thank you.